things like you think is going to be successful. And Rosa, on the pastoral council, one of our focus goals is how do we get 18 to 36 year olds back in the church? So if Christy is available, we'd love to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's what you did is wonderful. Uh, I, you know, I was brought up in a great loving family. My mom was a very devout Catholic, and my dad was not Catholic, but he was a great dad. And they sent, uh, my sisters and I went to Catholic elementary, uh, Catholic high school, Paternoster. My buddy of over 50 years is in the back here. We're playing golf tomorrow, we played for 48 years mm -hmm. golf together. And his lovely wife, Rosalie, our best friends, and uh, went to high school together, and then I went to the University of San Francisco and graduated. When I graduated from college, I was the first one in the family. My dad wrote me a letter. And it was a neat letter that I kept for years, and then I gave it to my youngest son. And what he said basically was he was really proud of me, and that's great, he stuck it out, and he overcame some things, and that's really neat, and Jay, you're gonna be very successful. But what he said that really impacted me, and I kept this thought in my mind during my entire working career, and also as I mingle with people in life, he says, don't forget, when, he says, you're going to work your way up the ladder and you're going to do well. He says, some of it's going to be your doing. But he says, most of the doing that gets you promoted are the people under you. He says, so I want you to promise never to forget the people that were below you and take better care of them than you took than you expect to get back. And so that was, those were great words from a guy that never finished high school, a different generation. But I graduated from uh, college on June the 2nd, 1968, drove home from San Francisco and started Sears June 4th on that Monday. And I continued to 2002 and then retired. So that's the only job I really had other than part-time jobs going through college. And so I experienced many great things interacting with people, and I really loved that part of the job. And you were always challenged, because as you said, you can imagine what happens in a big store. There's always drama. And uh, one of the stories I want to tell you about is at the Montclair store, when I worked there for five years as store manager. It was a relatively large store, 156,000 square foot, at 400 employees. We did $50 million of sales. So when you have 400 employees, I think at one time, 1%, there's real problems. Walking around ready to explode there. One of the things that we did back then in the 90s, we replenished the store early in the morning before customers came in. So we had a replenishment crew from 5 in the morning to 10 in the morning. They go home, the store opens, and we're doing business to 9 at night, repeated seven days a week. I used to like to get in the store at 7, walk around and see what's going on. You know, just kind of percolating and circulating to see what the departments look like, who needs help, who didn't show up, that type of thing. One morning I go to the hardware department, you know, Sears, Craftsman Tools, all that. And I, you know, I knew all the employees of the full-timers by name, and so I'd go over there and say, hi Rosa, how are you today? And Rosa would say, fine, Jay, and keep on walking. I see Martha, and she took care of wrenches and sockets. I go, and normally an ugly lady. Now, Martha's background, she was abused by her husband, divorced. She had a son that died of AIDS. But you wouldn't know her by her. The way she came to 
So I see Martha over there on her knees doing some stock work. I go, Martha, how are you today? She doesn't answer. I go, she must not have heard me. So I get closer. I go, Martha, how are you today? She doesn't look up. So now I know there's a problem. So I get real close to her and I go, Martha, it's Jenny. And I see tears coming down her eyes. So now I go, oh my God, what's up? I go, Martha, are you okay? Shakes her head no. So I go, Martha, why don't we go in the office and take a break? So we go in my office. And uh, I said, Martha, there's some big problem. What's the matter? And she said, uh, I think I'm going to end it today. Well, Martha, what are you talking about? And she goes, my whole life is just a black cloud.
recovering alcoholic divorce with an eight-year-old son named James. And one day, Irma, the, the manager of the hardware department, calls me frantically and says, Jay, James just got called to Loma Linda Hospital. Something's wrong with his eight-year-old son. It's very serious. I said, well, keep me posted. So at the end of the day, Irma comes in the office and says, oh, no, there's something really wrong, boss. His own son, James Jr., he said, may not make it. Well, I, I can't fathom that, uh, that thought. So I get in the car after work, I drive to Loma Linda, I find him in ICU. There's his uh, strange wife over here, he is over here, go over there, and, you know, give him a hug, and I go, come on, James, what's up here? And he goes, goes Jay, I don't know if my son's going to make it. The doctor said he has a brain aneurysm. And, it, you know, it happened in his head. And they're telling me it's 50-50.
they'll be back. We went to number one in customer service. We had 12 straight sales increases and we cut our inventory shrinkage by a million bucks. So our store, uh, V956 was number one. And they threw a bunch of us back there and they gave me 20 grand. Here, Jay, you can do what you want. Now, first thought was, well, I'm going to spend this. <laughs> but actually, it was the people that did all the work and we were all involved in it. And so what we did is we had one big party at the Cerritos uh, Sheraton and we handed out money to the managers. It was 12 of them. They all got 700 bucks. But then we spent the rest on, we had a, a DJ and music, and we had uh, prizes. We had over 200 people show up for this party. I couldn't believe it. And we were handing out Nordstrom gift certificates, $100 bills, barbecues, bicycles, whatever. And it was just like, wow, it's Christmas all day long. And they never forgot it, and it just made us better for the following year. But the whole thing was, we had this concept of cathedral builders. And every time somebody did something right in customer service, we went down on the sales floor and said, you did it, you trusted people, you did the right thing. And gave them a little block with their name on it, and we built a cathedral in our employee entrance. And so block by block, we built outstanding customer service. And we called it Notre Cerebus. <laughs> anyway, to come to an ending, it was really a great thing because people had to shift their mindset on believing in themselves and uh, that people are good and then to do it. And, and it worked. Shortly after that, I said, Adios. Any questions? Ha, ha, ha.